0: Stone Worship Center. How is everyone doing this morning? I'm sorry, I've had half a cup of coffee. I'm just, aren't you just excited to be at church this morning? Hey Amen. A couple of you, that's okay. I'll take it. Hey, if it's just two of us, by golly, we're going to worship the Lord because wherever two or more are gathered, he's there in the presence. Amen. Aren't you guys excited to be in God's house this morning? Have you come ready to worship this morning? Have you really come ready to worship God this morning and praise and lift him up? You know, God is good. He's got us through each and every day this week. He's woke us up. He started us on our way. I mean, he's brought us to church. We should be thankful for those things. (laughs) Amen. Let's worship this morning.
1: just know sometimes we just got to give him praise for what he does amen how many are glad that you know a god who's the lion and the lamb amen who's tender when we need to be loved but who's strong and mighty on our behalf i'm thankful i'm thankful i'm thankful that that he called me i'm thankful that he saved me i'm thankful that he is with me every day amen just forwarded this um okay Isaiah 40 28 have you not known have you not heard the everlasting God the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth never faints or is weary he is understandable and unsearchable he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength Can I just ask if there's somebody in the room today who's become weary in a battle? Is there someone who feels like they're fighting and fighting and that fight has worn you down? Is there someone who feels like you've been in a struggle that's been long and you don't know if you can take the next step? Well, this says he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Amen. So I was thinking about Nehemiah because what we're called to is kingdom work. So Nehemiah was building the wall, right? We, most of us know that story. And it, Sanballat and Tobias tried everything they could to stop his work on the wall. They tried to trick him. They tried to lure him. Everything that they could do. Here's the words Nehemiah spoke. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Can I tell you today? that God wants to strengthen someone in the house, that God wants to take the places where you feel weak, the battle that's been in your mind, the battle that's been in your flesh, whatever it is that you've been fighting, God wants to come in and give you strength today. As we continue in worship, I just I just want you just to turn over and welcome the Lord, amen, so that He can come in and build you up and lift you up and give you strength amen because sometimes we just have to stand and say no weapon formed against me will prosper amen sometimes we just have to stand up and say greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world amen sometimes we just have to stand up and declare what God has for us but right now I feel like he just wants you to enter into his rest worship him And let him give you new strength for this week and the days to come.
2: what we're facing, God, what we came in here with today. God, you are the God of miracles, and you can overcome anything that stands in our way. Lord, I thank you for this time, God, and this, this precious moment just to sit in your house, God, and sit in your presence, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're so worthy of our praise and all of our honor and all of our
3: Come on, if God has done a miracle in your life, will you lift up your hands? If he saved you saved your soul, you ought to lift up your hands because that's a miracle in itself. Many of you, he's healed, many of you, he's restored your marriages, many of you, he's kept you out of the dark, dark place that you would have been. And but God, but God, because of God's grace, because of God's mercy. That's the miracle that we live, and that's the miracle that we walk in. Come on, just begin to love on Him, church. Begin to love on Him, church. Come on, love on Him, love on Him. Lord, we love you. Lord, we adore you. Lord, we exalt your name on high. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord Jesus. And knowing, God, that you are a God who can manifest miracles. God, we come before you today, Lord, laying our needs at your feet. you are here today and say, hey, Pastor, I have a need in my life. Would you just throw your hand up and say, I got a need, Pastor. There are many needs and many situations, but how many know that God is the answer? Jesus Christ is the answer to everything that you'll ever face. Come on, for the 17 of you that believe that today, come on, how many believe that Jesus Christ is the answer to anything that you could ever face? Let's go together in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you today. Lord, we lay all of these needs at your feet. God, for those who are dealing with sickness, God, I claim the blood of Jesus over their lives. I pray, Lord, that healing virtue would begin to flow where they're at right now. Lord, those who are dealing with situations, God, in their marriages, God, I pray for restoration, God, and wisdom and direction, God, that can only come from you, Lord. Those who are struggling, Lord, on the job or or looking for direction or, or not sure what to do, God, I pray, Lord, that you would make it crystal clear, Lord, Lord, in their hearts what they are to do, God. I pray, Lord, that you would, if one door shuts, God, that another one would open in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we declare that, Lord, we believe that. God, I ask right now, Lord, for for each and every need, Lord, that's mentioned, God. So many different situations. God, I can't even imagine, Lord. I probably, I can't even, Lord, go through this building and think about all of them. But, God, you know them. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to move on behalf of them, Lord. God, many are praying for wayward sons and daughters. God, we call for the prodigals to come home in the mighty name of Jesus. God, wake them up, God, in the middle of the pig pen where they're at. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them to the right mind in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we declare it. God, we believe it. Come on, if you believe that Jesus still performs miracles today, come on, can you give him praise? Can you give him adoration in your heart? We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord Almighty. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Amen. Amen. And when you've done that, you, you can be seated if you can today. It's so good to see you. So good to have you here today. So what are you doing, Pastor? You'll find out. You guys doing good today everyone shake your neighbor's hand the other neighbor that you don't like as much because you didn't talk to them first and say you are the best looking thing i have seen all day long come on some of you aren't doing it look at your neighbor and say you are the best looking thing i've seen all day long Oh, it's so good to see you today, so good to have you. If you are a guest with us today, we say welcome. We're so glad that you're here today, and uh, we know that you could be anywhere. I know that it is the beginning of fall break. I'm getting used to this fall break thing, because where I came from in California, we didn't have fall break. We just worked right through the fall. Um, but uh, fall break, and many people are out of town with their kiddos and, and uh, going to visit and see the leaves or go wherever they're going, maybe down to Florida. I don't know. Wherever they are, we, play, we pray that God blesses you and that you uh, have a good time while you're gone. But come home. Come home. All right. Uh, so uh, we say that. If you're a guest with us, we say welcome. Can we give all our guests a welcome today, church? And uh, I tell you what, it is, it is great uh, to be a pastor. There's a lot of... A lot of perks to being a pastor, there's a lot of great things, and so there's a lot, sometimes there's a lot of not a good things being a pastor as well, so it, it levels out, and it's been a busy, busy weekend. I want you to continue to pray for the Collison family. Yesterday, um, we had a memorial service for Bill, and he passed away earlier last week, and, uh, and just continue to pray for Sharon and Cody and Chelsea, and just pray that God would be with their family and continue to touch and minister to them. And uh, simultaneously, she is uh, not only does she lose her husband, but she is also fighting a uh, battle with cancer simultaneously. And so she's just kind of getting hit from all ends. But let me tell you something. Yesterday, it was amazing because uh, she just she, she grabbed me and uh, she just said, you know what, I, I almost feel guilty, she said, but I feel such a peace about this funeral. And, uh, and, and, and I told her, I said, that can only come from Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, uh, it was just a, a beautiful moment. and We uh, were able to uh, just celebrate Bill's life yesterday and so continue to pray for them. Uh, but one of the privileges that that I have of being a pastor is is baby dedications. Yes. Amen. And I love baby dedications. And so I'm going to ask Josh and Emily um, to come on up And bring Riley and Briella. Come on. And anybody from the family that wants to come up, you are welcome to come up. Do you guys love these guys? Come on up. All the way up. Come on up. Come on up if you can make it up. we're so glad that they're here. Come on up. I met Grandpa Joe. As I asked I asked Josh. I said I, he said this is this is you all right? Are you good? He, he said this is my this is my grandpa. And I said how are you? I said do I just call you grandpa? And uh and so yeah. <laughs> he got he made it up there. Um, we are going to dedicate their baby. We're, we're waiting on his Josh's dad to come up he, This is the miracle man right here. You're going to stand down here. Do you need a seat? Do you want a seat? Can someone someone grab him a seat for me? Help him out. Help him out. Are you guys all right? You good? Oh. Man, we're so glad that you guys are here. Can, Can I have you guys come front and center? Isn't this a beautiful family? Hey, Matt, come here and help me real fast. Can you, can you move this just for me for just a second here? I don't know what I'm doing today, but we're going to do it, all right? Can you just slide this out of the way for me? Tristan, come on up here. I'm going to ask my lovely wife to come up here. Come stand by me, baby. <laughs> She'd rather stand by you. Oh, okay. All right. Psalms one twenty-seven three. It says proclaims that children are a heritage from the Lord. You're good. That, this is for you. You can you can do whatever you want. Children uh, are a reward. From him. And as believers, guys, we are called to recognize that children belong first and foremost to God. God, in His goodness, gives children's children, children's too, but children as gifts to parents. Uh, You guys not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but also the wonderful privilege of enjoying this gift. Can I tell you, as a parent, it is a joy to privilege to take care of your kids and to love on them. Because children belong to God and are given by grace as gifts to parents, it is only proper and appropriate that children be dedicated back to God. <clears throat> we are told in 1 Samuel, the first chapter in the 27th 28th verse, it says this, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. Verse 28, so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life He will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. That's how Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. There there were also two uh, older people of faith, Simeon and Anna, both had moments with the baby where they held him pronounce God's blessing over him, and even prophesied that he would go on, and what he would go on to do and become. And this is what we believe happens during the dedication, at this dedication and in this moment. Parents, this is what you do. You present their, your child to God in an act of thanksgiving and dedication to God's purposes. Together as a family, you guys are here. Together as a family, you guys have been here. You've worshiped together worship God together. Spiritual leaders bless and they pray over and declare God's best for the child. Parents and their new child begin their journey together, confident that they are walking under the full blessing of God. I I know you guys. I know you guys want to walk under the full blessing of God. So here's how the dedication moment of Jesus concludes in Luke chapter 2 verse 40. It says, and the child grew. Yeah! And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and grace of God was upon him. In the same way, these parents, Josh and Emily, today bring their daughter Riley J. Roberts. That's a pretty name. Presenting first themselves and then her before the Lord our God. Accompanying them and making this commitment are these family members and the family of this church. Cornerstone Worship Center. They will be a witness to this beautiful moment. Let me call your attention to the commands of God recorded in Scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. God writes those commandments on our hearts. And press them on on their children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 says this, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. God's instructions are plain for you guys as parents. Love God with every ounce and fiber of of your energy to teach Riley to do this and teach Riley to do the same thing. God with uh, uh, as you as you love God one another and your children you will model before them a wonderful love for God that they will want for themselves. You're probably a product of a praying mom and dad that loves God having come freely, I ask now that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and His people. We say this, is, can you guys just huddle together, you two right here, you, you guys as your family. So that Riley may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you, Josh and Emily, vow by God's help in partnership with the church to provide To provide her a Christian home of love and peace. To raise her in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline. And encourage her to one day trust Jesus as her Savior and Lord answer we do. Can we do this, church? I want you to stretch your hands up here. And we're going to say a prayer of dedication. I'm going to lead this prayer, but listen. We're going to pray that the call of God, the purpose of God, would be upon Riley. All right, let's stretch our hands this way. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we dedicate this child to you today. Lord, you knew this child in her mother's womb. God, you knit her parts together in her mother's womb. So, God, there's a purpose and a calling upon her life, God, God, I pray right now, Lord, that that would be released, God, in her life. God, I ask, Lord, for that you would be with these parents, God, as they lead and direct, God, they follow the call of Christ in their lives, God. I pray, Lord, that they would be godly parents. God, in all that they do, Lord, they would model Jesus Christ. God that they would be that they would give mercy when mercy needs to be given. God that they would give grace when grace needs to be given. God they would give love when love needs to be given. Lord and most Lord that they would give truth, God when truth needs to be given. God, I ask Lord that you would just minister Lord in this young child's life. God, we dedicate her to you. God We know as parents, Lord, that they are our children, but, Lord, they are truly yours. And so, Lord, in this time that we have them, God, help us to be what you want us to be. Help them to be the parents, God, the aunts and uncles and friends and cousins and moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, God, to Riley, Lord, that you've called them to be. God, we pray, God, a blessing upon young Riley. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? So we have for you guys a certificate of of dedication here from our church. And then we've also given, oh, look at that. She took it. We've given Riley a little New Testament Bible. Hang on to that thing. Hold on to that thing, Riley. It'll get you through a lot of stuff. It'll get you through a lot of stuff. Can we give them a hand clap? Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Thank you guys so much. All right. What an honor. What an honor to be able to do that. Wyatt, can you help me out? Can you help me get this stand? I need a big, strapping young man to come up here and do that for me. And while we're waiting on him, we'll use Wyatt to do that. So, come on, Wyatt. Amen. What a, what a privilege it is to do that today. I tell you what, that's one of the joys of, of being a pastor is dedicating children. And uh, we, we appreciate them. And, and God sent them our way. And they've been a blessing to our church. Amen? Amen? Well, come on. Let's give them a hand. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Uh, if you're going to clap, clap. If you're going to get in the swimming pool, get in the swimming pool. Don't throw your toes halfway in and halfway out. Just don't, they don't work that way. Do it. Go all in or nothing, right? Uh, I want to talk to you today, and I, I don't want to keep you too long, um, uh, just long enough so I can finish my sermon. Who will give me five minutes in here. Oh, you guys are smart. You guys are smart, huh? You guys are smart. You know not to raise your hand because I'll go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Yeah, I'll add them all together. Uh, all right. So you guys know my jokes. All right. got to get some new material, Tristan. Uh, I, I, I heard this story, and this is an amazing story. I want to talk to you today on this simple subject of shake it off. Everyone say shake it off. Say it again. Say shake it off. Oh, good! You committed that time. It wasn't halfway in and halfway out. Uh, one day, a farmer's donkey fell into an abandoned well, and the animal cried uh, uh, piteously for hours as the farmer tried to bring uh, to figure out a way to get the mule out or the donkey out. And finally, he decided the animal was old, and that uh, the well need, uh, well needed to be recovered uh, need to be covered up anyway. So he just thought, "Well, I'll just bury my donkey in this well and let it let it die." And, and he invited all his neighbors to come over and help him. And They each grabbed a shovel, and they began to shovel dirt into the well. And releasing, realizing that uh, what was happening, the donkey first cried and wailed horribly. Then a few shovelfuls later, he, quietly, he quieted down completely. And the farmer peered down into the well and was astounded by what he saw. With every shovelful of dirt that hit the donkey's back, he amazingly would just shake it off. And then he would step on a new layer of dirt as the farmers' neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal. He would literally just shake it off and he would step up. Pretty soon, the donkey stepped up over the ledge of the well and trotted off to the shock and the astonishment uh, of all the neighbors. Can I tell you this? Life is going to shovel dirt on you at times. All kinds of dirt. Uh, the trick is, getting out of the well is to not let it bury you, but to shake it off and to step up each time. And each of our troubles is a stepping stone in our lives. How many have been through some stuff? How many have been through some stuff in here? How many have walked through some tough, tough situations? Amen. Uh, and, and many of you are here because of God. but And many of you, you know, you feel like the dirt of life, the, the, the weight of, of sin, the weight of situations have come over you. Can I tell you something? You just need to shake it off and keep stepping up, all right? Uh, so I want to talk to you on this subject of shake it off. And if you have your Bibles, go to Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 5, and I've got two translations here, and I don't know if you have both of them back there, but uh, I'm going to be reading out of two different uh, translations. Actually, one's more of a paraphrase than a translation, but uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, or yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, when you got it, say, I got it. If you don't got it, you can look up here on the screen. Uh, I want to encourage you to bring your Bible because Wednesday night during our Bible study, our projector decided to mess up on us. And guess what? Only those that brought their Bibles were able to tell what was going on. So uh, I want to encourage you to do so. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. How many know Jesus as the source of all comfort? Amen. He comforts us in all our troubles. Let me read that again. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. The Lord comforts us so that we may what? Comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You are blessed to be a blessing. Are you, catching, are you catching this? You are blessed to be a blessing. Verse 5 says this. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Now, I'm going to read this again, but I'm going to read this out of uh, w- the message, which is more of a paraphrase. I wouldn't even, it would. Uh, it's almost a commentary. It's not really a direct line for line tran- translation of the Bible. But I like the way this reads. And all praise to God. And Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who, bring, uh, who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, But no more so than the good times of his healing comfort. We get a full measure of that too. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, I ask, Lord, that you would anoint this word today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary today. God, let the words that come from my mouth be from you and you only. God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, touch lives, God. Lord, you would stir hearts this morning Like only you can, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. A.W. Tozer, and I've used this quote a lot. I've used it on Wednesday night, uh, is is this. It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. And I know that's a tough tough statement to say. And, And let me translate to you what that exactly means. It means you are going to have to go through some stuff to be used by God. You're going to have to go through some stuff to be used by God. Think about many of the, of the Old Testament people in the Bible. They went through some stuff so God could use them. You're hearing their stories because they went through some things. Were they happy when they were going through those things? Probably not. But did God prevail and God bless them? Yes. So uh, you, may, you may have to go through some failures. You may have to go through some setbacks. And you may have to go through some defeats. And can I tell you something? When you go through those things, they're not for your glory, but they're for the Lord's. They're for the Lord's. So there are two things. There's two principles I want to point out here. And these are non-negotiable prerequisites of being used by God. Who wants to be used by God in the house? All right. These are two prerequisites that you're going to have to know and you're going to have to be to be used by God. Here's number one. Compassion for people. Compassion for people. Compassion is this, the definition. Sympathetic, pity, and concerns for the misfortunes and sufferings of others. And this is what I know. Compassion, it does this. It fuels acts of kindness and mercy. When you have compassion on someone, you're moved by their situation, and you step in and you do something about it. Reminds me of my, my kids when they were little, and they would fall, and they would scrape their knee you know what? They would be in pain, but in compassion, I would go down and I would grab them and we would clean that wound and put a band-aid on it. It would be all better. Ain't that right, Wyatt? Come It is with the suffer or or vulnerable and maybe going through something. Compassion often the suffering. As a parent, we all know that. I, I know I made that example. When our kids hurt, we hurt. When, you're, when something happens to your kids and you don't know how to fix them, you hurt. I'll never forget the day that I... Um On Father's Day, and all my stories are Wyatt because he's just easy, he's an easy target. On Father's Day one year, when Wyatt was two years old, we went and we got uh, ice cream at an ice cream shop. And it was near a parking lot. And Wyatt, being two years old, was rambunctious and running around. And when he ran towards the street, I was reaching for him to grab him. And when I got a hold of his arm to stop him, he dropped all his weight. And when he did, he got nursemaid elbow. Does anybody know what that is? Where where it, it pulls your arm out of socket. And me being the great dad I was, I didn't realize I pulled his arm out of socket. He was crying, and I thought he was just being Wyatt because he didn't get his way. And I'm like, here, Tristan, take care of him. And, and, and so in doing so, I didn't realize what was going on. And and he kept crying and crying and crying. We're like, okay, we're leaving. So we get in the car. We're going home. And we went over a railroad track. And thank goodness for mom's intuition because dad just thought he was just being a little overdramatic. And we went over a railroad track. And we hit a bump. And, and Wyatt just began to cry and cry and cry. And Tristan said, turn around. We're going to the hospital. Something's wrong with him. And I said, okay. And what, what a great day for Father's Day, taking your kid. To to the emergency room, finding out you pulled their arm out of socket, greatest Father's Day ever. But Tristan had uh, had a line of compassion there that I missed that day, and he's all right, he's got use of his arm. It all worked out, it all worked out. But Jesus, he responded with compassion with many people. He had compassion on a blind man. He had compassion on the crowd and when he fed them. and He told uh, of the compassion of the father to the prodigal son. And Jesus responded with compassion. Amen. And God has called his church. This isn't my church. This is his church. And that's you and that's me to rise up in this time of uncertainty and to be moved with compassion for people. Amen. Simply put, uh, I love this. Our our text tells us that God gives us compassion so we can, in return, give the same compassion to others that God has given us. God blesses us so we can, in return, bless others. You Remember, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 31 tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. How many love yourself? How many love yourself, all right? Uh, most people, uh, most, most people. You, you're too modest to raise your head. I don't love myself. But let me tell you something. If I took a picture of this church right here, right now, if I took a picture of this church and was to put it on the big screen, you know who you would look for first? You. Say, oh, do I look good in that picture? Oh, pastor, take that picture down. It's not a good picture of me, right? So don't tell me you don't love yourself. It's easy to love ourselves, but can I tell you something? It's harder to love other people the same way that we love ourselves. Here's the second thing that that Christ has told us is this. We have to have compassion for people. Here's the second thing to be used by God. Confidence in God. Verse 4 in our text says, he comforts us in all troubles. Confidence in God is a learned trait as a believer. You know what? I learned this as I walk with the Lord. Day by day, I'm learning to put my confidence in God in places that I didn't when I first started as a believer. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're learning to, to have confidence, and, and the more that I experience the Lord, and the more that I realize that He is trustworthy, and the more that I realize that He has my best interest at heart, the more I have confidence in Him that no matter what trial's in front of me, what situation's in front of me, He is going to see me through. Amen. And, and so, if you think about this... Uh, When times are tough, we have to stop focusing on the storm or the situation in our lives, and we have to focus on what God has already done. A lot of us, when we're in a tough time, we just want to focus on the tough time, but we don't want to think about how God brought us out of another tough time before that. But when we begin to focus on that, we begin to have a heart of gratitude and a heart of gratefulness and a heart of thankfulness. And and when we do that, when we take inventory of where God has brought us from, we can't help but be confident and encouraged in him. And so so we say that. So the word of God will feed your faith. Let me tell you something. You want to learn about God? You want to learn about his character? Open this book. Not mine. Open yours. All right? You can borrow mine if you need one. We'll get you one. But, but open this book. Learn about the character of God. Matter of fact, David in Psalms often referred, uh, uh, it referred to this. He encouraged himself. A lot of times, if you, if you read any of the psalm that David wrote, he starts off, I'm in a pit, God. He's just depressed. He's down. He's, he's, he's broken. And, and he encourages himself, and he starts where he's down and he's out, and he starts reminding himself about how good he is. And by the end of the psalm, he's like, God, you're going to see me through this. He encouraged himself. He had confidence in God. Psalms 27, uh, verse 11 through 13 says this. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Verse 12. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've i never done. With every breath that they threaten me with, violence. Uh, verse 13. Yet I am Yet I am, yet I am, I will see the Lord's goodness. Come on, if you're going to do it, do it. I love that. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. What does that mean? Right now, I'm going to see the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but I, boy, that gets, me, that gets me going right there. That's confidence in the Lord. In stormy times, God has called us to remain confident in him. Can I tell you something? God has not called you to be confident in the government. Shout me down, pastor. Right? God has not uh, called us to be confident in the laws or in elections or in philosophies, but confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we're a different people. We are the people of God. And our confidence doesn't come from government, doesn't come from anything out of Washington But it comes from Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. We are pilgrims passing through this land. That's good, Pastor. Simply put, compassion for others and confidence in God. And I believe that God's given me a word. And I... Uh, I'm not going to keep you long today. Uh, I promise. I'm going to do my best not to keep you long today. And I, I believe that God's given me a word today that I think is going to be transformational for many of us. And I, I think that that sometimes we we get in the rut of, of spiritual our spiritual walk. And sometimes we need the Lord to come in and shake us, stir us up, remind us of 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 where and oftentimes the enemy will come in and he'll just put us in a rut and what, what is a rut I've always heard this a rut is just a grave with both sides kicked out right when we get in a rut a spiritual rut we're stuck in this place and we're not moving forward can I tell you something this is what my prayer is today Holy Spirit stir your people Stir your people. I, I want to look at this. I got three points. Three points right here. Here's the first thing I want to talk to you about That at three points. So to be the prerequisites to be, be used by God. We're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul here in a moment where God used him in a miraculous way, in a mighty way. Look at this. Here's the number one point. Face the storm. Everyone say face the storm. John 16, says this. says, I have told you all this so that you may have, uh, have peace in me. Where does our peace come from? The Lord, it doesn't come from us. I I mentioned that yesterday at the funeral. You know, the world tries to give us peace, but the world's peace is circumstantial to what the world gives. You got to do this to get this. You got to do this to this. Can I tell you about the peace of God? It's not circumstantial. It's dependent upon Jesus Christ. All right. So it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. If you're going through a storm, Jesus is saying, you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Boom. There it is. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have some sorrows. Jesus said it. But look at this. But take heart because I have overcome this world. In Matthew 5.45, it says this, it rains on the just and the unjust, and sometimes bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people, and that's just the way this world works, but God never said that we wouldn't go through situations. He didn't say once you were saved that, that all your trials and your situations would just disappear, but what God did promise us was this, that he would be with us. That he would be the peace to pull us through situations. Amen. In Acts chapter 27, it tells the story of Paul. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this. I'm not going to be able to read all this. Uh, but, and there's 270 men. And Paul is a prisoner here. And they were in a storm. And they were uh, out on the sea for 14 straight days. Anybody ever been out in a storm in the sea for 14 straight days? Oh, man. God bless you guys. That's like one of my worst nightmares, being stuck at sea in the middle of a storm, right? And so these guys were out at sea for 14 straight days. There they are, bobbing and weaving. Just like a bobber. Just floating out there, whichever way the wind's blowing, they're going. Uh, Bobbing up and down. Prisoners, sailors, and Roman soldiers all caught in the same storm. Different people from different walks of life all caught in the same storm. How many know sometimes different people from different walks of life were all walking through the same storm? Some good, some bad, some indifferent. All these different people. And just like us today, we're walking through that. Paul, but this is crazy. I, I love this because Paul, he didn't run from the storm. You know what He turned. He turned and he warned the men because he had seen the, from the angel of the Lord. And he warned the men on the ship. and said, hey, we're about to have a, a big storm here, So, but we're going to get through it, okay? So let's just face it. He faced the storm. And just like the world today, we are going to have to ride this ship, and speak the truth to a lost and dying world. And it may feel like that we're rocking. And you may say, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Can I tell you something? Don't put your faith and confidence in, in this, but I want you to put your faith and confidence in God. And Paul didn't run and understand that we may be heading for a a hard wreck, or and, and what's ahead, and people are, 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 and but here's the thing when we know that, that situations are bad, and Paul, I mean, he can understand, he knew what was coming, he knew things were about that weren't looking good, and we can see those things. But can I tell you something? People are watching how we respond, people are watching how the church responds to situations, and sometimes we don't respond in a good way. Sometimes our representation of Jesus is not very good at times. But here's what I know. We have to face the storm. We have to face the storm. We can't run from it. Here's number two. Told you I wasn't going to be too long today. I've only got seven pages of notes on this second point, so it'll be good. I'm joking. I'm joking, okay? This is what happened in Acts chapter 28. 28. Uh, here's the second point. Get to work. Everyone, say, get to work. Oh, Pastor, you had me till you said that. Get to work, right? Get to work. After 14 days of bobbing in the storm, they make it to the shore in the form of a wreck. Oh, isn't that, isn't that like the Lord? He, he pulled them through. They went through some tough things, and Lord, it would be really nice if we could just have a nice soft landing into the the beach, nice sandy, and just cruise in and be able to get off and just get our feet wet to here. No, 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 ship's falling apart. You guys figure it out. Big wreck there. Has life ever overwhelmed you? Have you ever been overwhelmed by life that you were hanging on to what you felt like there was a wreckage of your life and you're seeing your life and going, "Uh, I'm just trying to keep my head above the water, right? And maybe it's financial ruin or maybe it's a broken relationship or maybe it's uncertainty of your future. Charles Swindoll said this, that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And I think we act the other way, and we make it about ninety percent of what's happening to us, and ten percent how we respond. Look at this in Acts chapter twenty-eight. Paul gives an example, gives us an example of how us the church should respond to situations and trials. I, I love this. So there they are, they're floating out to sea. They, uh, Paul tells them, hey, hey, we're going to get through this, but we're going to be, it's going to be tough. And before they wreck, he even tells them, hey. You guys need to eat. You guys need to get your strength up because we're going to be swimming for a minute. Okay, take take it easy before they wreck. And 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 so he, he does that. But God, I love how God begins to use Paul, and then through this, when they wreck, they're they're all running, and the the guards are trying to keep them uh, where they're all together. But they're all, every person on that ship survived. Every person on that ship survived. It's amazing to me. So look at this. In Acts 28, Paul gives this example of how us, the church, should respond to situations and trials. Uh, They all make it to the shore, and Paul does something crazy after 14 days at sea. He gets there, and the locals are there, and they know that these guys have been in a shipwreck, and they start building fires. And what does Paul do? He gets busy gathering firewood. I don't know. I don't know if he was forced to do it. I don't know if they told him he had to do it or die or whatever the case, but he didn't sit on his hand. See, the natives, uh, they started building fires for all the men. And I think as the church, we have become accustomed to being served and entertained that we have missed this element of the truth. We are more accustomed to sit next to the fire that someone else has stoked for us rather than to go... Grab some wood and stoke it with them. See, a lot of people say this. It's not my job to do that. That's your job, Pastor. It's your job to meet my needs. It's why I come in here on Sunday morning because I need, I need to sit beside the fire. I need that to be stoked. I'll come enjoy the fire of this Sunday, but, but don't expect me to contribute to the fire. And I say this. God, forgive us. I say god forgive us for for even thinking that way and being that way we go all week and and, and we we go all week without stoking the fire of prayer oftentimes Whew. I'll just depend on the prayer team to take care of my, my needs. So I, I, don't, I don't need responsibility with that. But what I, like, what I like about what Paul does is he gets out and he gets busy and he starts gathering wood. Whether he was told to or not, he just gets busy doing things and he is meeting someone else's need after 14 days of being st- stuck at sea. I tell you what, I probably would have been throwing up on the beach from bobbing up and down. I quit, Lord, this is tough. We go week in and week out without stoking the fire of prayer. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? I know, that's a tough question. When was the last time you prayed that the Holy Spirit would break every chain in your life? Or someone else's life? Ah, it's quiet in here. I don't know. We've become so comfortable by the fire. You say this, oh TJ, you don't understand this. I, I, I've, I've been going through. I, I have anxiety. My anxiety's up. My, my job isn't paying the bills, and, and and I'm worried about the situation in our country. I have all these other things that I don't have time to help stoke the fire. Listen, there's a spiritual application here in Paul's life that he's doing. He. He had, He could have complained about everything that was happening. He could have said, "God, this is not fair. I'm in prison, number one, and I'm also shipwrecked, and I had to be out at sea for this many, and I haven't been eating good, and now I'm stuck on this this island out here in the middle of nowhere, and now I got to gather firewood, complain, 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 right? This week, I must say this. All right." God has not called you to ocup- occupy a pew but he's called you to stoke the fire. This week I was reminded of that. I had I was getting my oil changed and while I was waiting to get my oil changed I I got a phone call from a friend and he called me and he just he, he said I, I just need to talk to you and I said okay what what's going on and and he began to just Just tell me, and there's a lot of situations. He said, I I just need you to pray, and I need... I need, I, need to, I need to get this off my chest, and I need, I needed to ask you, you know, what, what you thought of this and that. And I just began to encourage, and I just began to love on him. And, and, and I just said, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And then I, I got off the phone with him two days later, which I don't typically do this, but I called him back. And I said, hey, I'm checking on you. I want to tell you I love you. I want to tell you I'm praying for you. I'm going to tell you you're not in this battle alone, but there's someone here in Bedford, Indiana, who is praying and holding you up in prayer. Prayer, stoking the fire, and Paul does the most selfless thing here, and he lands, and he gets to work. Rather than warming by the fire, he is feeding the fire. He's meeting someone else's need. You know what that is? Compassion. When you pray for someone else, I, I, say, I said this on a couple Wednesday nights ago, praying for someone else is the most selfless thing you can do beginning to, to lift them up in prayer. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying the, one of, if, you could, if the church would learn to have compassion and learn to pray for people again and learn to, to build up people again, man, we would have revival like, like we've never seen. Compassion for others, loving his neighbor. That's what Paul was doing, and he's walking up and down the beach, grabbing sticks and planks to feed the fire to provide some warmth for someone else. You know what's cool about that? When you provide uh, warmth for someone else, when you begin to do that, guess what? You're also providing warmth for yourself as well. Here's the third point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Here's the third point right here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on, worship team, hurry. Shake it off. Everyone say shake it off. While Paul is gathering sticks, in the, pro- in the process of gathering sticks, and he's putting them in the fire. Scripture tells us in Acts 28 that fire is stirred and there's a snake or a viper in in there. And the viper comes up and bites Paul on the hand. How many love snakes in the house? Oh, man. Well, you know what? The altar is open right now. No, <laughs> I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes at all. Me and snakes, they're good over there. I'm good over here. You stay in your world. I'll stay in my world. Let's not cross paths if at all possible. You keep the rodents down. You keep all that. I'm good with that. You do your job. I'll do my job. As long as you don't come over here, I won't beat you with a bat. All right? But it's important to understand something. Listen, in the midst of stoking the fire, listen, listen to me. There's a spiritual truth here. There's a spiritual application. In the midst of stoking the fire, in the midst of trying to stoke the fire, can I tell you something? The viper strikes. When you begin to increase your prayer life, when you begin to start praying for your marriage, when you begin to start praying for that person that's sick, when you start to become dedicated to God, when you begin to stoke the fire, the enemy doesn't like it, and he begins to strike. He wants to cause confusion. He wants to cause all kinds of heartache. And in the middle of you doing good, why is it, why is it in our lives that when we, when we are trying to do right, when we're trying to get our lives straight, it seems like it's the hardest because the enemy knows you're gaining ground. And he's throwing everything at you. He's got to get you discouraged, to get you to quit. Oh, what he doesn't want you to do is show up to Bible study. What he doesn't want you to do is show up to prayer meeting. What he doesn't want you to do is to dedicate your life and to put investment into the Lord. And when you start doing those things, he strikes. And it's important to understand that when the fire is hot, the snake strikes. You can play. Go ahead. And when the enemy sees the fire of the Holy Spirit being stoked by the people of God, he responds by—he has to attack. It's true. You want to know why? When you, why it's so hard to do the right thing when you're doing the right thing? The enemy knows. Hey, all I got to do is just just mess them up for just a moment, get them off track. And the enemy's desire is this. Scripture tells us is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Scripture says, Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly. And Oftentimes, the process of serving others, the enemy will attack you the greatest. He'll attack your mind. They're not grateful for what you do. They're, they, you know, oh, oh, your spouse will never love you. No, oh, look, look at how she responded. You, you, were, you were kind to her. You made her breakfast in bed, and she, doesn't, she didn't even eat it, or, they, or whatever. He'll, he'll start to play with your mind. Look at this. Look what happens here. He's bit in the hand in Acts chapter 28, chapter tells us he does this. He shakes the viper off. I would have, I would have, I would have killed that viper. I'm just saying, that's just me. But here's the the thing. Can I tell you this? Mm. uh, Listen. You're about to get a, a, a real spiritual truth here. You're about to get a real spiritual truth here. I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out. Listen to this. God has not called you to square up with the enemy. He's given you authority. All you have to do is say, not today, Satan." Shake it off. Nope, not going to think that way today. Nope, not going to let that discourage me today, devil. Nope, not going to think that way. Not going to lose this battle to you. Nope. Does it say Paul got a rock or a stick and killed the snake, I would have. But he shook it off in the fire. I'm here to say something to you. Listen to me, listen to me carefully. I want to say this to you prophetically. <laughs> Some of you have tried to fight the enemy with your own physical power, with yourself. When God's just saying this, if you'll just shake him off, he'll be consumed by the fire. Look at this, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Stop trying to do it in your flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for shaking off the attacks of the devil. Verse 5, casting down arguments passing down arguments no devil we're not going to go there today and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ devil I'm shaking it off Paul's bitten by a poisonous snake and he shakes it off in the fire and and the locals there check this out I'm, I'm bringing just a little more application here the locals there, they they know this viper. They know this snake. And when they see Paul's bitten by that, they're like, oh, he must have been a murderer. He made that. He, he lasted on the sea, but now he's going to die. He must have been a murderer. And when Paul doesn't die. They look at him and they're like, man, what is going on? But check this out. I want to show you something. Many of them, the locals, they knew that snake. Many of them may have, may have experienced family deaths from people being bit by that snake. Can I tell you something? People are watching how you respond to spiritual attack in your life. People are watching you and they're, they're looking at you. And listen, there's a people and maybe in, their, in your life, in this segment of your life, who are watching you. And they're watching how you are going to respond. Are you going to shake it off? Just put your confidence and your trust in God so they could see the goodness of God. How many want that in your life today? The world is watching you. The world is watching the church. And listen, the world is watching our response to everything that's going on. Let me tell you something. We need to shake it off. We can't fight it in our own power. But we can say, God, our confidence is in you, Jesus Christ. And you alone, Lord bow your heads with me all across this building why was Paul confident why was Paul confident the angel of the Lord appeared to him on the ship before it wrecked told Paul not to fear because he would stand before Caesar for trial so that means no matter what was ahead of him? Whatever happened, he knew he was going to get to the place that God had told him. Many of you have been given dreams. Many of you have been called. And many of you have allowed situations, whether it be a shipwreck or whether it be a snake biting you to distract you and to get you off course. Can I tell you today, today is the day of course correction. And this is the time. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to, to, to just bear with me just a moment here. The Holy Spirit's moving in this place right now. Many of you, many, many, many of you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. Many of you need to be free from the from the from the pain. And many of you res- have responded to the to the bite of the enemy. And today is your day. I want to do this. I'm going to open up these altars this morning. You're here and you say, hey. Man, I feel something in my heart, TJ. You know what that is? That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit dealing with you. That's the conviction of, uh, of the Lord speaking to you. He loves you enough to not let you stay the way you are. He, he has a purpose. He has a plan for you. And many of you have been walking in, in depression. Many of you have been walking uh, in, in, in anxiety. And many of you have been walking in fear. And today is the day. Hey, devil, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to shake it off. No one looking around. I want you to respond to what God is doing to you right now. You say, hey, hey, man, that's a tough situation to make me have to go up front. Listen, do it in faith. Do it in faith. I promise you, if you come up here, we'll have people come up and pray around you. You will not be alone. I promise you. We're not going to ask you what your situation is. If you want to share that with us, that's fine. But I want to give you a chance to respond to what God has for you. How many would say, "Hey, Pastor, I want to shake it off today. I want to shake off the attack of the enemy. I don't want to be weary and well doing. I want to show compassion to people, but I want to show my confidence in God." So God, so so you say, "Hey, Pastor, I want the Lord to help me today because I feel like I'm, I'm weary from from being out on the sea. I'm weary because I feel like." The viper is attacked. I feel like I've lost my confidence. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Come on. There's more that need to respond today. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to ask some of my board members. Come down. Find someone to pray with. I, I need some prayer warriors. I need some prayer warriors to come down. Come on. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Lord. God, I ask, Lord, that you would charge our hearts, Lord. God, in this time and this season and this, this atmosphere, this political climate that we're in, God, God, don't let us be swayed by the storm, God, but let our confidence be in you, Jesus Christ, in you alone. We honor you, Jesus. We praise your name. can you sing it with us come on church can you pray for those who responded today come on stoke the fire for someone else come on stoke the fire for
2: someone else today
3: We're going to sing this next part, but we're going to declare it today. Will you stand to your feet with us? Will you stand to your feet with us? We're going to declare something right now. Say, hey, what are you doing, Pastor? Hey, I talked about stoking the fire for someone else. We're going to pray that chains would be broken. We're going to pray that chains would fall. We're going to pray for people who who have maybe fallen to the attack of the enemy. We're going to pray that their strength would rise at this time and confidence in God would rise, all right? Come on, let's sing this. Come on, church. I want to give Jesus a hand clap of praise come on do you believe it's done come on do you believe it's done listen shake it off shake it off many are going to pray here at the altars we're going, to, we're going to let them pray I want to do this God I pray Lord that your word would be sealed in our hearts God I pray the work would be done God I pray Lord that chains would be broken God, many of us may feel like we're in the storm of our life, God, but you will see us through. God, many of us may may be be serving in ministry and feel like that we're being bit by the enemy, but God, give us the fortitude, God, and the strength and the confidence in you to shake off the attacks of the enemy, to not even give them any measure, but allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, to consume those things. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we declare it, Lord, we, we decree it, Lord, we believe it, We thank you, Lord. And everybody said amen. Stretch your hands this way. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise as Matt comes.
0: Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you were able to make it to church this morning? Amen. Aren't you glad to be at God's house? Well, we have a few announcements, a small book, so bear with me. Um, but they all are exciting and awesome. Number one, first and foremost, tithes. We have our boxes in the back here as well. Be sure you uh, make that, make that op- take that opportunity. If you need anything online, you've got all this fabulous stuff up here. You can see it just the way I can, so I'll let you see that up there. October, how many love your pastor? Amen. How many love your pastor? <laughs> Zaley, you should be clapping. Just <laughs> no, so hey, let's take this opportunity this month. Let's just love on our pastor. Uh, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. Make sure he knows it. Make sure Tristan knows it. Make sure the kids know it, that we just love them, and we honor them. We think the world of them. So remember that. Uh, donations, guys, coming up is our Trunk or Treat If you've not participated in this with us, it is such a huge opportunity for us to reach the community. Um, People are hungry, and not just for Halloween candy, all right? They're hungry for something. And this is such an amazing opportunity for us just to open up for the community to come out. So we need donations of wrapped candy. Uh, We're taking them from now until October 27th. So keep that in mind. It will be held on the 30th of October, uh, but we are taking donations out front and I'm going to read a couple of these cuz I do not want to forget any of the information. So it says join us October 15th from 7 to 8 p.m. as we remember pregnancy and infant loss remembrance day. We will have a special lanterns available. We'll have special lanterns available to light as we remember those taken from us too soon. Lantern kits will also be available to pick up Wednesday, October 13th from 7 to 8 for those who choose to remember at their own time. Also, how many like Christian music? Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to honestly say I don't know what style this is, but there is a Christian concert. What? (laughs) Okay, it's good. It's good. See, they're they're on the radio. They've got to be good, right? So, um, Open Arms concert featuring Cochran and Company at Linton First Christian Church on October 22nd. Tickets can be purchased for $10 by going to the website openarmschristian.com. So, remember that? september uh, excuse me october 24th baptism service if you're interested in being baptized sign up at the information desk you know what's awesome about that there's no age limit there's no age limit so uh, if you're interested in being baptized make sure you sign up at the desk and then finally finally if you have a student coming to our house this afternoon Uh, Be be sure to see my wife out at the information desk. We just need to get a number of students that are going to be there today. Um, So make sure you see her. You guys have a wonderful day. Be blessed.